1: Hey, this is Aaron from the Beer Guys Radio Show. Thanks for tuning into this special edition podcast only extra, where we talk to Blake Tires from Creature Comforts and Jeffrey Stuffings from Jester King out in Austin, Texas, about their newest collaboration. It's called Mutualism. We're here with Jeffrey Stuffings, the founder of Jester King, and of course Blake Tires with uh, Creature Comforts. So, thanks so much for joining us today. Appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Excellent. Cool. Thanks for having us. How did this get started? You know, what what, uh, what, was, what was kind of the impetus behind this? Oh man, this collab, that's a good question.
2: I mean, we came in after Jester King and um, like well before we opened, I was definitely a fan of you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely making cool beers. I really appreciate the philosophy they have. And um, it's a really honest and true way of making beer that is distinctly your own and what mm-hmm. you do. And I think that's going to be, People are going to realize that's more and more important as the beer industry grows and matures. Um, but that's a you know almost irrelevant to the respect I got for these guys. I mean, like they just make great beer. They do, and, um, definitely. And then Thank you. we met, I think at a few festivals or something. Is probably where it all kicked off. And then it's you know you put a name with a face and that kind of deal. And it's you know absolutely fantastic people. Um, Jester King, we always joke, they roll deep. I mean, they always, they, they always got a lot of people when they come out. I mean, they have 10 people. <laughs> I was going to say, two say there's target. like an army that came <laughs> in all right. of a with Jester King shirts on, yeah. yeah. And so once you meet them all, though, I mean, they're all awesome. They're all great mm-hmm. folks. They're all really, um, any, any one of them, you start talking about beer and what they're doing, and they, from top to bottom, are all aligned with the philosophy of what they're doing and how they're doing it. And they all, um, I don't want to use the word recite, but they all preach is almost a better word. Like, they all definitely live and breathe that idea, and mm-hmm. um, that's that's something that's, I don't know, it's sexy, it's attractive. It's it's really cool from a, a brewer's point of view, looking at what they do and, and really appreciating the beer they make, and I mean, even mutualism, we taste it, and just because, like, their bugs are in it, there's so much Jester King in that beer. Mm-hmm. Like, we made it at a brewery, but it's definitely... A beer that both of our souls
0: are in. It's,
1: yeah, it's but it's got real. that essence of gesture King because again, it's got kind of the backbone and the and the the bugs like you said yeah. work in there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. How it was it like from your side?
0: Yeah. So um, I remember. Let's say I can't remember exactly how many years ago it was, but I started to hear like these little rumblings of this like little brewery in Athens that was doing <laughs> some cool stuff. Yep. And uh, you know, I, I had no personal connection at the time, but it wasn't too long. I think as. as Blake mentioned through the uh, kind of festival scene that, um, you know, I, I met Blake and uh, I'm like, oh, oh, I know of you guys. I've heard, of, you know, I've been hearing good mm-hmm. things about your beer. And then from there, it was just uh, a matter of lot, what, what Blake said, of having, discovering that we have uh, very similar philosophies and approach to beer making. And then also, a big part of it for us, and this being such a, a people business, mm-hmm. is just kind of uh, the people we really just get along with and have a nice, rapport with and really just appreciate being around uh, yeah. coupled with a similar approach to making beer the people that we we want to work with and, and and learn from and i mean this beer i cannot be more happy this is i mean there, there's some there's some neck and neck uh, breweries that we've collaborated with that mm-hmm. have, have really nailed it as well but when i tasted this uh, not too long ago at, at fontaflora actually um, it hit just like every single element that I love in beer. It's it's dry. It has excellent yeast character. It's tart. It's uh, you know has good hop presence. It, it has also I really like some of my biggest inspirations in the beer world are uh, places like 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 Thierry or Duronc or uh, mm-hmm. De La Seine in Brussels and like. You could blindfold me and like put this in front of me, and, and I might think it's like a de la Sen beer, like I, I just was like holy you 've been drinking is... too much <laughs> <laughs> no that's not a bad thing actually, I see you 've got the to guard too, which is one yeah. of my favorites
1: that, that that they make as well. so uh, tell me a little bit about the beer, um, you know what was the conversation behind it and and how did this had uh, this come about It's pretty fun. that conversation was like almost exactly
2: a year ago, yeah. it was leading into going to last year we called it funk Asheville. this year it 's the Wicked weed Funkatorium Invitational mm-hmm. um, and we were you know. We, at that point, we had kind of made friends on the festival circuit, and I mean, to echo that, it's just like, if if we, if they didn't live in Texas and we were in Georgia, I feel like I would still just hang out with these all the time. <laughs> nice. Like, if we were okay. in the same city, like, these, these are guys. our friends. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah. Um, I look forward to seeing them every time, and then once um, we kind of had established that relationship, of like, oh, you guys are rad. You think we're rad. Sweet. Like, we're <laughs> going to be good friends. Yeah. Um, that, you know, okay, well, you guys should definitely stop by on your way to Asheville. So they came by last year and you know we were like well this is the most important part let's get the the people that can be around involved to really sit down and talk about you know what we want to make for this beer because ultimately like whenever you do collaborations and brew day comes around it's like cool you can pose for the photo op and like grain out or toss some hops but ultimately like once you get to someone else's kitchen you know you let them kind of cook yeah and you know like we we know the way our system works so like it's you don't really try to train another brewer on how to make your beer and your system for that day. You essentially like you're just like okay, that's not the important part. The important part is really just really fundamentally understanding each other and conceptualizing where this wants to go. Yeah. So I think it kind of started with both of our love for you know the philosophies that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a sense of you know place where we come from and putting that into beer. Um, And then also we love pilsners as well. And it's kind of like made this romantic idea of like a pilsner once upon a time sitting in a barrel and then maturing because it is mixed culture because this is before people knew what
1: yeast and bacteria was. The magic stick, so to speak, right? Exactly. Exactly. Like
2: then ultimately like it, it would potentially develop into this idea. And um, so we kind of worked with that and then um, kind of started figuring out ways we wanted to represent our homes. Um, And that reminds me, we need to get back and brew with you guys.
0: Yes, we need to, there there you go. Um, So we
2: got, uh, the Day Spring Farm is nearby. We got, we love using their grains. We use wheat wheat and grits from them. Um, And we made this Pilsner, um, you know, largely driven also by their influence and how to work with their mixed culture because your mixed culture is an animal. It's a beast.
0: Yeah, it's uh, basically our mixed culture was a blend of a couple of pure culture strains of of Cezanne yeast Mm -hmm. with uh, some use capture experiments we did where we just took native flora growing around our brewery and uh, incorporated the dregs from those fermentations in the mix and then we also uh, took some of our, our cool ship inoculations and, and mixed that in together and our head brewer uh, Garrett Crowell was really led up led that process of creating our mixed culture about three and a half years ago and We've just let that same culture just develop over time and kind of acclimate to our brewery, and, and it's it's fun to share that culture with the breweries we collaborate with, and you know, like like said, it has a little bit adds a little bit of a soul to a beer that maybe is, is brewed uh, thousands of miles away, and kind of helps create that that connection to to a place. Because I mean, just to echo what, what Blake said. I mean, I think that is going something that's going to become increasingly more relevant and, mm-hmm. and important in uh, in the beer world uh, as it matures. Um, but in fer- terms of actually fermenting with this mixed culture, we've learned just through trial and error over the years that it is responsive to things like temperature, hopping rates, um, the amount of time we give it, and mm-hmm. it kind of harkens back a little bit to um, you know I'll mention Dale Senne again, um, Yvonne Bates, which is like one of the most uh, uh, inspirational brewers to us. You know, he, he, Everybody, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. He talks about you know saison. <laughs> historically being either very bitter or, or, or sour mm-hmm. and so I think initially it's fair to say with this beer that we tried to kind of give it a big dose of hops to remain relatively like bitter and not particularly sour over time Okay, but or I should say when it's young but now as time has gone by it's kind of straddling this line between a little funky and tart while we're still retaining taint some of those kind of like dry and bitter characteristics which is why I say like it hits every base for me which is... Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we call it like a you know Southern Farmhouse Lager, which there's a lot to that name. There, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of connotations for each one of those words, but I think, you know, this beer really hits true or uh, rings true to every one of those those, those words and that, that name.
2: Yeah, it's fun for us because, like, coming up with, like, thinking about the way to put that name to it, it's like, well, this really is the most accurate way to put a style behind this beer, mm-hmm. but also while doing that, we're really going to make
1: people ask a lot of questions.
2: Yeah, because yeah. you say like it's a southern style farmhouse lager, Most mm-hmm. people are like, "What are you talking about?"
1: Exactly, because I've got an idea what a lager is. Right. I've got an idea what a farmhouse ale is, but how do you combine that? I mean, that's just a, a weird I mean, thing for me. To yeah, we, yeah. We the base the base pilsner for this. Um, we sent just a
2: couple of crowlers out to you guys, but like we had one quarter barrel of pilsner that we pulled off and carbonated before we added the bugs. Um, and it was just an awesome Pilsner. Love mm-hmm. it. Um, and it's, we should have drank more of that. But, uh, um, you know, maybe that's the next one. We'll just there make you the go. Pilsner. There you go. But um, once we added, you know, the, the cultures from both of our breweries, it, you know, it adds a little bit of our soul to each other. And then really starts, you know, echoing that farmhouse idea of the way farmhouse beers were made. Plus, you know, working with local farmers. I mean, the, the Bretts from Day Dayspring Farmer here tonight. I was mm-hmm. super stoked to have you guys meet them. Um, and it's just awesome to bring all that together where it's, we can really, one, challenge what people think is of a style, what it has to be. I mean, because we could call this a saison, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it would survive in that world if you mm-hmm. called it a saison. But to really, you know, draw attention to, I think, a national conversation that's happening, it's like, how do we talk about mixed fermentation beer it's you know let's yeah. let's mess it up a little bit let's call it a southern style farmhouse lager maybe people ask questions and use that as a tool to educate people yeah. what this is and you know like even our staff i was talking before we opened today about the beer and um they didn't really like so is it a nail now as a lager like you should just depart from that you know thinking of what it has to be mm-hmm. and use that as an opportunity to talk about what the beer is and you know it's you know, you don't worry about like La Follie, for example, starts his life as a lager. Mm-hmm. Um it's so a it's a very familiar one where all we all drink and it's you know, we're not really worried about if it's an ale or a lager when it all said and done, it's a beautiful beer. It tastes really good. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> I think that's what we were all stoked about is that like this this came out from our conversation a year ago. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is extremely accurate representation of what we were going for. Um, we couldn't be more stoked with the outcome, and it, it's definitely
1: an honor to work with these guys. That's awesome. Likewise. Excellent. So, any collaborations back to Austin? We definitely owe them the trip. Yeah.
0: Okay. Definitely. Oh yeah, uh, they're obviously welcome anytime. Uh, probably, I would say wait to the fall when it's cooler and mm-hmm. you'll enjoy it more. But, uh, um, but yeah, no. We we I mean, I, one thing I, I I'd be interested in. and I'm kind of maybe just discussing here on the spot, but uh, we like to do a lot of spontaneous fermentations and you know maybe incorporating some of the elements that we've done thus far into like a, a winter trip down to Texas. Mm-hmm. Something like a spontaneous fermentation could be anyway, one idea that we yeah pursue. Yeah. What well, was interesting,
1: you know, of course, we talk about uh, spontaneous fermentation in the wintertime. Three taverns did that, uh, you know, during our quote-unquote snowpocalypse here a few years ago and yep. it tra- it transformed into a fantastic beer as well yeah i remember
2: so, yoran yeah. talking to me about that and then um it was it was fun to kind of try the barrels and then try the finished product and mm-hmm. um, i think he said a great job of that beer sure. um and it's it's definitely like he understands and i think that's the important part is to you know you you can't for example you would not want to brew that beer in the middle of summer in georgia yeah you know it's you have to listen to
1: what nature is telling you when you're trying to involve nature in a beer, and you mm-hmm. did a great job at that. Yeah, and that's definitely you got something you guys do, and that's what I'm really feeling from this conversation is that you wanted to get the the the, the nature and the local Athens, Georgia, Austin, Texas kind of mixed together a little bit. Yeah, to, You know, for sure. and that's that, that's that's a really cool thing about this beer is that. It is as local as you can get for these two beers, kind of mixing
0: them together. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, for us, our approach to brewing, this kind of goes into some of our similar philosophy, but like to us, you know, beer is a product of a, of a time, a place, and, and a people. And I think mm-hmm. all three of those elements really play a huge role in creating something unique. And, um, you know, for, for us, you know, our, the beers we make vary tremendously throughout as the year. Mm-hmm. As uh, the seasons change, the microbial balance in the air changes, uh, certainly, temperatures change. We are in a uh, old machine shop is is the home for jester King, yeah, and uh it's not insulated, and so we can't maintain. Ferment temperature, fermentation temperatures, Mm -hmm. so, you know, we kind of get this weird, kind of somewhat counterintuitive uh, phenomenon happen where, like during the colder months of the year, the bacteria in our mixed culture really kind of take over the beer uh, and kind of stunt the yeast, so we get these like real kind of tart, sour beers during the colder months, where in the Mm -hmm. summer, the yeast is super active, and we get a lot of like fruit and ester characteristics, and uh, and then, you know, as far as the connection to a place, we're using you know, well water, uh, local grains. We have a, a micro maltster just north of us called Blacklands Malt. Uh, we uh, use both fresh hops and aged hops, and while we don't, uh, at this point in time, grow our own hops in Texas, uh, we you know age a portion of them in our barn, and then mm-hmm. uh, a lot of our adjunct ingredients we get from right down the road, and then finally the mixed culture, which is you know uh, contains just native yeast and bacteria. So awesome. Again, and then, then certainly, so that would kind of speaks to time and place. And then, what's becoming increasingly more evident to me, and I've kind of discounted for a while, but but I think it's just as important as just the impact that individuals have on a process. And we're not looking to like duplicate a very rigid process that a machine could do. Yeah, we're actually going to embrace like the natural variation from human influence. Yeah,
1: and that's the art of the whole thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I always say that science, that brewing is the ultimate science and art kind of mixed together. And and like you said, I mean, a certain person can brew a beer a different way. Even if you're given the same recipe. You yeah. Know? And I think that that's sure. the, the yeah. real fun thing about this. Process is so important um, to, I mean, even if you're making
2: uh, an IPA, process mm-hmm. is important. And I think process then further drives home once you start looking at more time for process to be involved. So when you have a beer that, I mean, this beer conception to now, um, is 10 uh, a month or mm-hmm. no? sorry a year yeah so like that's a lot of time for people to have influence over that beer and, and you know driven it to be what it is at this point in time and that's really that's really awesome I and mean, it's it's that's i don't know what this is all about right like it's the the special influence that by having these two you know groups of minds come together to create something it's like hopefully we can put our process together put our minds together and create something that's better than the individual parts you know and Mm -hmm. um that's also where the name came from it's just like mutualism yeah yeah. 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 you just bring out the best out of each other and it's you know an honor for us to work with these guys and to make beer with them and, and um I was just stoked to have them here again. It's, it's fun.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, I, w- I wish people could see it right now, but I mean, um, the the label art for this beer just came out absolutely beautiful. very cool. Yes. Yeah, and um, and you you can probably speak to it better than me, but from what I understand, that uh, actually some some yeast was used as a medium to create. Yeah. It, so yeah. she
2: took the blend of our cultures. We had a starter, and Melissa Merrill's the artist, and she took the blend of that culture and used it to do the watercolor medium for the base of the label that's awesome so like the heart and soul of the beer is also painting the label and she did i mean i mean it's a knockout job it's pretty cool yeah i must say yeah uh, i mean it's like you know one of the most beautiful labels i've ever seen and that's i can i feel like i can very firmly say that by admiration for her art and not because i'm I'm part of creature comforts like Whatever, take me out of that. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful label. She did a great job, um, and we're you know just fortunate that she happens to pour beer in our tasting room, and it's just yeah. an amazing part of our company. You know, so it's it's really cool. And I, I know Josh at uh, at Jessica King originally before Melissa was discovered. I would say uh, we were like, man, Josh does great work, and it's really cool just to see them. Uh, jiving upstairs, like, <laughs> talking to each other, and she had a huge artist crush on him, and she did the <laughs> same. And it's nice. really cool to see that go back and forth. It was just like, this is awesome. Like, yeah. everybody just loves everybody. I was gonna say, you guys
1: are creators. The the artists themselves are creators. So it's uh, you know just a very very creative culture that's uh, that's yeah. going on right I now. Mean, yeah, they definitely. You guys have definitely inspired. Um,
2: I mean, we're aging hops now because I, I definitely see the value in that. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna take some time. Yeah. But, um, you know, we do things like that that have definitely been influenced by,
1: you know, advice from these guys, for sure. Awesome. Blake Tires, Jeffrey Stuffings, of course, and Jester King. Blake from uh, Creature Conference here in Athens. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show, this special podcast extra edition. And if you like the show, well, be sure to give us a nice review on iTunes and, of course, subscribe while you're there. We're also on all the great podcasting apps that you may use besides iTunes. Also, go ahead and check us out on the web at BeerGuysRadio.com. Support the show via Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash beer guys. And also check out some of our advertisers as well. There's some good deals out there for you. Once again, it's Aaron Williams from the Beer Guys Radio Show. We broadcast live Saturdays at 1 p.m. We'll have the podcast out on the weekends as well. So hope to see you on the socials and tune in. We'll talk to you later. Cheers. The Beer Guys Radio Show on the Beer Guys Radio Network. BeerGuysRadio.com.